Morning, everyone. It is Tuesday, the 7th of June. Marcus, morning. What happened overnight? Morning, Ben. Morning, everybody. Wall Street performance overnight was a bit sort of uninteresting. The Dow was up 16. It was up 336 at one point. Our futures were down five, but we're getting pummeled a bit today, down 51, possibly in anticipation of the RBA meeting at 2.30 today. 22 economists expect a 0.25% rate rise, 11 expect 0.4 and 1 expects 05 If I was an economist, I would always be at zero or 1% in order to attract attention to myself. Anyway, we had the NASDAQ doing okay overnight, up 0.4%. The UK did well, up 1%, and Germany up 1.3%. You probably saw Boris Johnson manage to convincingly get through a vote to remain the Tory leader. There's all sorts of vibes about China's COVID restrictions easing, a stimulus package, so a a good, good vibe from China generally, no cities now with restrictions. Bond yields are the main story overnight. They popped up over 3% again in the US, which is sort of good in a way because it means the market is starting to relax a little bit about the growth issue. We have a CPI number out of the US, is it Thursday this week, which is of course pivotal. We also have an ECB meeting on Thursday. They're likely to end quantitative easing and talk about rates going up. They're expected to go up in July. There's also talk of the White House reducing tariffs on Chinese goods in order to help inflation, which might improve the Chinese relationship. Iron ore up a little bit. Metals up quite a lot. Nickel up 5%. Talk about Elon Musk pulling out of the Twitter deal. Biden being upset with Elon Musk's super bad comment about the economy at the weekend. Apple's got all sorts of new things, including the ability to unsend a text. And Domino's has got its second day of its investor days. Although the share price is down a little bit this morning. Lithium stabilizing a touch. Resources are up this morning whilst banks are down. That's probably it for this morning. Very nice. Thank you, Marcus. Tom, as Marcus said, today is RBA day. So that's the main event. But what else is happening locally? Thank you, Ben. Well, the market is down 35 points worse than what the futures had indicated. Miners and utilities are the only sectors in positive territory. As Marcus pointed out, the RBA at 2.30 is keeping sentiment a bit cautious. Most economies economists are tipping a 25 basis point hike. Industrials and telcos were the worst performers. Parenti Global, PRN, is up 10%. They launched an on-market buyback and released some guidance. So that is being well received. Cleanaway Waste Management is up slightly, 0.2%. They haven't invested today. And just looking at the share price, it's actually been in a relatively solid uptrend for the last few years. So that could be one to look at, weathering economic cycles quite well. Domino's Pizza, DMP, down 0. 4%. They have investor presentations continuing for a second day. Management yesterday noted they are facing historic headwinds, but they are focused on the long term. I just jumped the gun with broker comment there as well. I saw Credit Suisse and Morgan's both downgraded on the back of that conversation yesterday. Downgraded their forecast, lowered their price targets, and noted that the historic headwinds is not a good comment to be hearing from the company. No, I will also point out Credit Suisse and Morgan's, even though they're downgraded, there's still a little bit of upside in the price target there. So it's not all over Red Rover for Domino's. ANZ Roy Morgan weekly consumer confidence fell to its lowest level since August 2020. And inflation expectations, which is also part of the release, rose to the highest level since early April. So obviously those inflation concerns still front and center of people's minds. That's about it. Very nice. Thank you, Tom. Layton's still away. Back tomorrow. So I'll
I'll cover off broker stuff quickly again. And there is that Domino's action this morning, as I already mentioned. The other one I saw that took my eye was Megaport MP1. City coverage has seen its price target dropped by 26% with lowered forecasts, assuming slow ramping from partners, supply chain constraints, and slowing economic conditions in the US and Europe. That is despite considering the new bandwidth options are a positive for the company, and they still do have an almost 100% upside. So a 26% drop from a very, very high target price to now just a very high target price. And that's about it for me. But Tom, I know you have something else from City. Yeah, so they have reaffirmed the importance of pricing power as we are in this inflation, high inflation environment. And they posted a list of companies they are looking at favorably, naming CSL, Cochlear, Brambles, WiseTech, Zero, IAG, Insurance, Goodman Group, Coles, and Woolworths. And I know Marx has talked about a lot of those being the tech companies that have sold off quite a bit. So it's good to see City seeing some upside possible with those. Very nice. Thanks for adding that in, Tom. Chris, what's happening in your trading section today? Thanks, Ben. For anyone who missed it yesterday, I took some profits, which was a nice thing to be able to do on South 32 and Viva Energy. There wasn't necessarily anything particularly wrong with the charts. It's just that the portfolio or the positions in the trading ideas were all in the same area. So energy and materials, which has been a winning theme, but got four or five trades open in both of those sectors. And it just was worthwhile taking some of the risk off the table and also wanted to add Whitehaven Coal as well. So as I said, took profits in South 32 in Viva, still hold a Whitehaven added yesterday, Beach, Santos, Wally as well. As for the chart of the day, this morning, I'm having a look at Perseus Mining. It's one of the better gold miners out there. It's for the gold bugs, obviously. Their March quarter production and costs came in better than forecast and they reiterated their guidance and they have a very strong track record in terms of their mines and getting the best out of them. They've got a healthy balance sheet as well. Looking at what the brokers are saying about them, they have target prices 10 to 15% above the current market price. I'm looking for a break above $2 and if that happens, we should see some further upside. So Perseus Mining is the chart of the day. Very nice, Sean. Sweet. Thank you, Chris. Henry, how are you going up in Sydney today? I'm going fine, young friend. Today, just in my stuff, just writing up really on Woodside, as many people have found themselves shareholders of Woodside by default, I guess. It may have crept up on them, of course, because they have BHP shareholders and that demerger now the oil and gas assets has gone through. Woodside has been a stonkingly good performer this year, up nearly 40%. And I was on the uh, telly last week on the call and we were talking about Woodside. And one of the things that obviously I highlighted was the fact there are shares around from small parcels of shareholders and also from those that can't hold oil and gas assets in their portfolios for ESG considerations. Now, I'm not quite sure why you would buy BHP if you had an ESG overlay to begin with, let alone end up with Woodside. But that parcel of shares was placed by JP Morgan. And since that has happened, the stock price has taken off, removing that overhang. So various reasons why I like Woodside. Obviously, the energy price at 120 bucks a barrel for oil is good. So gas prices are massively elevated at the moment. And of course, we do have that East Coast gas shortage as well. So they've got a pretty impressive balance sheet now, room for capital management, big fat yield, one of the global oil behemoths now joining those ranks. So there's lots of things to like about Woodside. Of course, they are geared to the oil price. And I reckon one day we're going to walk in and at some stage, the oil price will drop 10% for really no apparent reason, maybe, but at some stage it will. So for me, if you're a BHP shareholder and you now hold Woodside, I'd be pretty happy and I'd continue to hold. If you don't hold Woodside and you're looking at it afresh, then maybe use days when we see the oil price drift off a little bit to accumulate. But it's certainly a pretty impressive company. Of course, it does 
does have a new CEO as well, who was only appointed CEO back in August 2021. Uh, but Peter Coleman, for many years, was searching for the growth in Woodside. And of course, the BHP oil and gas assets now offer not only the growth potential, balance sheet strength to be able to fully participate in some of those Northwest Shelf assets as well. So uh, I pretty much like Woodside. The other thing to think about is that yesterday was the quietest day the market had experienced volume-wise this year. So that even includes the dog days of summer. So US volumes are massively down. Australian volumes are falling as well. So a lot of people stepping away and heading to the sidelines at the moment. And a lot of people I know who are professional traders have packed up shop and are heading to overseas climbs. And good to see lithium uh, stabilize and push ahead in places as well. So that's a positive. That's good stuff as always. Thank you, Henry. Marcus, last but not least, what are you writing about today? Thank you, Ben. I've got in the strategy piece today, I picked up Shane Oliver's, you know, I like Shane Oliver, Shane Oliver's weekly email. It's actually one for a couple of weeks ago, but he's one of the more sensible economists. Well, they're all pretty sensible, but too sensible. Despite the fact he works for a major fund manager, which usually taints most strategists towards optimism with their main job being the pacification of customers rather than telling the bold truth. But Shane does a really good weekly email and I suggest you subscribe to it. He's said in this one a few pacification comments like share market pullbacks and a healthy and normal and to avoid getting thrown off a long-term investment strategy, it's best to turn down the noise around all the negatives, negative news flows. That is called pacification motherhood statements as well. But I have listed what he sees as the negatives and the positives about the market at the moment. And it depends really which list you want to read as to what mood you want to put yourself into. But there are some positives. The idea that inflation is peaking. US wage growth appears to have peaked. US earnings are stronger than expected at the last results season. We're just about to enter next results season in a month's time. The risks around Ukraine, he thinks, are declining. COVID cases in China are slowing. Restrictions are easing. And bond yields have not inverted convincingly, which is usually a precursor to recession. And you'll notice the bond yields going up again, which suggests that the market is over the worst of its recession fears. And he's also saying that interest rates don't have to go that high because the end of money printing is also a tightening, which will help with interest rates and prevent them having to go much higher. He also, interestingly, talks about a crypto crash, which he describes as if the speculative mania in crypto unwinds further, you could see 80% falls, but goes on to say it's a positive that the banking system and the wider public have limited exposure to a crypto crash. Anyway, first time I've sort of seen a major strategist talking about crypto. His summary is that we're vulnerable to further falls in the short term as our global shares, but we are probably going to continue to outperform, especially with commodities doing okay as Chinese lockdowns come off and medium term, the commodity super cycle continues. So reasonably positive on Australia, although saying short term things could fall a bit. I've got a chart of the ASX 200 in the strategy piece today. You'll see we are just fiddling along, going sideways. It's the sort of stuff that doesn't get you excited if you had a lot of cash on the sidelines, despite the recent bounce. I'm not sure you'd be getting excited about putting it in at the moment, not until the inflation interest rate and growth questions are coming out of clearer. But having said all that, it's hard to see a precipitous fall from here. In other words, as I wrote on the weekend, we're in this consolidation phase where we're going sideways. As I say, I don't think there's any major market precipitous risk out there at the moment. And our market survived. But if you've been 
been caught in technology, high PE stocks, then I would say the game is trying to time the time to buy those and the damage is probably already done. Our all tech sector is already down 40%. So this speculative mania has already blown through our market. And as you can see, the damage is done. And now the time is, or the job is to try and time the bottom. This bounce we've had is really taking its time getting going. So I'm thinking it's a bit of a trading bounce rather than a big bottom at the moment. But all in all, as with the market today, it's all just a bit unexciting. And from that point, I think I'd be watching and waiting for the moment to buy. And if I was in this bounce, I would be running with it for the moment. Doesn't look too dangerous, but one big bad night and you just give up on it, I think. Otherwise, today I have written an article called The Richest Man in Babylon. And that, of course, is a book written in 1926, which pretends to be written 4,000 years ago in Babylon. And it is some golden rules of how to accumulate assets. And it's the sort of thing you would hand to your children, but they'd never read it because the language is so old and annoying. They keep using the word thy instead of you, for instance. So I've summed it up for your kids today. You could pass that on. And also you might read at the bottom, my idea of how you accumulate assets, which of course is just a humble personal view, but you might enjoy reading that. And that's about it from me. Stuff as always. Thank you, Marcus. Easy pick for the question of the day today. What do you expect the RBA to do? Thomas. 25 basis point high. Thank you, Thomas. Chris. Yes, 25 as well. I think they will keep the option to go 40, which is out of the normal way they do things, up their sleeve if inflation really gets more out of control. So 25. Nice. Henry. I'm going for the 25. Neither too hot nor too cold, but enough to make sure the market knows they're serious, but not enough to spook the horses any more than is necessary. Very nice. Marcus Nolan's taking your advice to draw attention to themselves by predicting an unchanged or a 1% hike or anything rash. Are you going to stick with the 25 or tell us something different? Yeah, I think they'll raise rates 1%, possibly one and a half. Uh, <laughs> that gets me some clicks, then so be it, because my opinion is as valueless as everybody else's. I'm entirely sure then they're going to try and keep a lid on the fear and just raise them 0.25, but you never know. Yep, and I'll join the party with 0.25 as well. So everyone on the same page there. Very good. Thanks, guys. Do it all again tomorrow. Thanks, Sam. Bye, Henry. Bye, Marcus. Bye.